Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm Roger. My brothers and sisters in Christ join us every Thursday as we work out these three perspectives in our everyday lives. Everybody, welcome back to the show. Glad you guys are going to be tuning in to a very good episode. I'm going to be discussing Black Adam today, the 2022 movie starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Pierce Bronson, Alges Hodds. We're going to be talking about this movie, and it's going to be good. I had a fun time in the movie theater with this one, but also stay tuned at the end because we're going to do another little new segment. It's called, A you remember this movie? A member, you remember this movie? We are going to be remembering some movies that came out in November 10 years and 20 years ago this month. So you're going to want to stick around for that little new segment. It's called A, A, you remember? You remember that movie? Yeah, so you guys are going to like it. Black Adam, again, if you have not seen the movie, spoiler alert, there will be spoilers in this, this movie review. The Rock starring and finally this movie was a long time coming this was announced years ago this movie was announced about 15 years ago finally it comes to fruition as Dwayne Rock Johnson alongside Dr. Fate played by Pierce Bronson Hawkman Algis Hodge well we're gonna look at we're gonna get into their performances but right off the back um the audience score for Black Adam is at an 89 percent not too shabby at all, but the tomato meter is sitting at around 40% for the movie. Now, this movie starts off bang, with a huge bang. I love the opening scene. We start off in ancient Egypt, which is always a good time. Now, this movie, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Was the story great? Was it like Shakespeare? Was it a Martin Scorsese movie? Was it Quentin Tarantino? No, it wasn't any of that. It kind of met my expectations, but I didn't have super, super high expectations for this movie. But I know if The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, is if he's going to be in a movie, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, just like all his other movies. I'm a big Rock fan. Loved him back in the WWE, WWF, Attitude Air, all of that. And his movies, they're hit or miss, but they're always fun. Whether he's like fighting uh, huge um, mutant monsters or whether he's in, you know, flying off cards off bridges and um, going into fighting tornadoes and punching an earthquake and San Andreas and all that. No matter what he's doing, it's always a fun time. So we start off in this movie in uh, 2600 BC and the crown of Sabak which holds six demons in. And this is a power similar to Shazam. In Shazam, they actually touched briefly, had a little rock cameo in the beginning explaining the first champion. And he's going to be the champion of Egypt and get all his people free. And they're going around. It doesn't really show the rock. He's kind of like CGI down where it. they did one of that Captain America where... It's The Rock's face, you know, but his body, which is just like some dude, like some regular old guy, just like me, like my body shape, just regular, nothing special. It's not all big and muscular. So they had to like CGI him down. You know, usually they have to CGI people up, make them more muscular. They had to 
tone him down. Like imagine being the rock and thinking like, oh yeah, you got to get CGI'd to look normal and pitiful and pathetic and weak. That's, that's pretty crazy. But the rock's huge. He's jacked. He talked about training for this movie that he wanted to be like the most real active superhero of anyone. Henry Cavill, Wolverine. That's a really tall order, and I think he did it. No padding in the suit. Like, again, this this has been in the years in making. The Rock has been talking about this for a long time. There's been some delays, but finally we get it. We get the whole backstory, and I, I really love that. The whole backstory scene, I'm a sucker for backstories, going back in time, telling the little story. And we hear the narrator talk about the powers. We flash forward to present day where one of the kids and his mom, they're like an archaeologist. They're trying to find um, the crown. The whole entire city is being run by these guys, um, Intergang. And Intergang is actually from the comic books. They came out, if anyone's um, the super, uh, Superman, the animated series, which came out like in the early 2000s. That one, they were actually featured in there. And there's been other storylines with them. They're big in the comic. Think of them as almost like the Foot Clan or the Hand, something like that, where they're just, just they they show up just to get beat, you know, <laughs> just like the, the putties from the Power Rangers or something like that. So Intergan makes their first uh, DCEU um, big screen appearances. So it, it's fun to see them, something from the comic book lore. And they're oppressing the people. So in Kandok, they're doing this mining operation by Intergang. And Adriana goes up there. She has her son, Amon, kind of helps them out escape. And her and her brother go to this place. And what they do is they're trying to dig to find the, the crown. And they have all this special... They read the map, the whole spiel of reading maps and doing all this adventure stuff, cave digging, archaeology, and all that. So she gets in there, and Intergang follows her. So it's like a trap to get the crown. Well, interesting enough, right when she's going to get caught by Intergang, Adriana, she says the words Shazam, awakens 10th Adam, which is Black Adam. All hell breaks loose. This is one of the coolest scenes. The electrifying light. The, the most electrifying. The Rock's done it all. He's done it all. The most electrifying man electrifies the whole room. Some pretty cool kill scenes. At one point, one of the inner inner gang guy goes up there and the Rock just, or Black Adam grabs him, levitates up, and just electrifies him until he turns into Skull and then just cracks his neck, which interesting enough is a, I think is a little nod to one of the backstories for Black Adam where he kills a pharaoh by breaking his neck. And so to me, that's like a little nod or homage to that. But then they go outside and they start fighting out in the desert and there's like a helicopter involved and it's a slow motion showing the bullets and the missiles flying. And it's a, it's a cool you know, Rolling Stone song plays um, paint, paint, painted black. And it's a pretty cool scene. It's really fun. Again, this the spectacle, the action is there. The Rock's huge, moving around, killing the bad guys, inner gang. And he's just avoiding bullets and missiles and destroying everything. Eventually, he gets hit with, with one of this Eternum power, that they call it. And he kind of gets weakened. And uh, Adriana and her brother help him and take him back to um, her, with her son, Amon. And then we finally meet the Justice Society of America, which is awesome. And this is very interesting because in the comic books, 
Black Adam was actually a part of the JSA. So that's a little cool nod. And Black Adam was more of like a villain in the beginning. And then he started turning into an anti-hero. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about is why is the rise of the anti-hero big? You see it in Deadpool. If it's this, there's Lobo. There's another character. But this, the anti-hero is surpassing the regular hero. And like I said, Justice, wait, let, real quick, back onto the Justice Society of America, because I thought this was so awesome. Again, Pierce Bronson as Dr. Fate. You had Adam Smasher playing the second one, the second Adam Smasher. And you had Hawkman, which I think Hawkman was a very good standout. Other than, of course, The Rock, but Pierce Bronson and Algis Hodge, Hawkman and Dr. Fate, I would have to say those two are my favorite characters. I think they did really good. They did awesome. The performances, I wish we could have got a little bit more from them, but obviously it's The Rock's movie. So, But the Justice Society of America, to see them on screen was awesome. They're getting the team together. So they get the band together to go to Kandok to try to stop Black Adam. Uh, Amanda Waller, Viola Davis appears back from the Suicide Squad, Task Force X, all of that. And she's there, so she gets this team together, JJSA, and they go in to try to fight Black Adam. Again, the story's not not the big strongest storyline ever, but very fun, very engaging, very action, and it moves really, really fast. But going back to why the rise of anti-hero, Black Adam joining the JSA later on, Black Adam being this new anti-hero along with all the other ones. Why is that like big now? You Superman seems to be boring. Nobody wants to watch Superman. He's the Boy Scout, um, American Made, all of that. There's a lot of superheroes like that. And I think it's something to do with our culture of uh, rebellion, of non-servium, non-servium. I will not serve and it's a little bit of that of like not wanting to be told what to do. So if the hero is going to do it his way, he's going to kill. He's going to do uh, dirty things. Uh, the punish, you think of the Punisher killing people. He's going to be judge, jury, and executioner. And I think it's that whole um, cynical, um, maybe a little bit of nihilism in our culture that doesn't trust anything that's good or doesn't trust like, oh, well, this is a good guy or there's something wrong. Our culture is kind of threw all that to aside and we kind of want to do things our way. So if we're going to be a hero, we're going to do good. Well, that could be kind of relativistic. Well, what, what, what is good? You know, a lot of people, if you were to ask them, are you a good person? Um, I think a lot of people would say, yeah, I'm a good person. I mean, I don't kill people i don't rob armored trucks i don't do anything like that and i think that's a low bar that's like a super low bar and if we say well good is uh don't be hitler don't be uh, a psychopath don't be ted bundy or something like that jeffrey dahmer that's pretty bad for our culture uh compared to god it's not even close not even close and even Besides that, how about somebody on earth, a saint or something, uh, Mother Teresa. Now, if you put yourself, now, if you put yourself next to Mother Teresa and well, that's where we're like nothing, right? We're just, we're nothing. And I think that's something that we have to bring back in our culture. It's like, 
um, we have to build back the trust in, in the good guys. We failed. We lost faith in law enforcement. We lost faith in the military. And I think you see it playing out with superheroes where now it's like the anti-hero is the big thing. Nobody wants the regular Boy Scout. And I think this movie plays out in there. And there's another subject that, that we're going to talk about uh, from a faith-based perspective as well a little bit later. But after the Justice Society of America gets together, good performance, they go and they try to find Black Adam. And Black Adam is in the midst of just killing intergang. They're, they're out in the open. People are seeing him. They're wondering what's going on. Black Adam is fighting them. And Intergang, I mean, they have no chance against The Rock. He's killing people left and right. Hawkman's trying to stop him. And that's a really cool fight scene between Hawkman and and Black Adam. One-on-one going at it. You have Adam Smasher, which is like one of the you know crazy dad joke scenes, is uh, when <coughs> Adam Smasher smashes Black Adam. So it's kind of like a little like little dad joke scene, or because again Adam Smasher gets huge, big, almost think like Ant Man, and he smashes down uh, Black Adam. Get it? The name Adam Smasher. Yeah. So I thought that was like okay, like a little dad joke nod, I guess, to the audience or whatever. Doctor Fate was awesome, and also to Cyclone. We didn't talk a lot, a lot about her. I, I liked her a lot. It's just. Um, I really loved Hawkman and Dr. Fate, but Cyclone was also pretty good too, you know, doing the little storm-ish, I guess you could say, from like the X-Men, you know, kind of, you know, not really, but I guess that's the closest thing you can say, but all of them converge and try to stop Black Adam, and, and there's no stopping him, he's just too powerful for them even all of them put together and Dr. Fate is seeing these visions and he's having visions of a bad outcome. Now, after the big fight ensues, they kind of get on the same page. And one of the guys, Ishmael, who was actually uh, backstabbed Adriana and was with the group, he's actually a descendant of the king that we see in the beginning. And so he wants the, the crown. And what he wants to do is he wants to get the power. So he wants Black Adam to kill him. He ends up doing that. He ends up killing him, frying him. And they think he's dead. Like, okay, Ishmael's dead. You know, it's over. Uh, the Rock, or I keep saying The Rock. I'm so used to The Rock again. I was like watching WWF 35, watching the Attitude Era and The Rock. So I'm a huge fan of The Rock. And I keep saying about Black Adam finally gives up and he gets submerged. We see a little cameo uh, from Harcourt from the Peacemaker show. And also she was in uh, the, the Suicide Squad as well. So her and Viola Davis, they're in this underwater big huge prison to keep all the super metahumans in there so um black see i almost said it again black adam gets (laughs) turns himself in uh so he won't do any damage so the justice league of society thinks they kind of win and he's underwater that way he can't say the word shazam because that's how he turns back into his regular self his little skinny self versus with all the powers and all the powers it's the same thing as shazam except it's from like the egyptian gods just a quick thing on like where Black Adam got his debut from. Originally, it wasn't really a DC uh, comic book until later, but it was in December of 1945. He was created by Otto Binder and C.C. Beck and Black Adam and the Marvel family. So 
you see that's when his first appearance comes on with, with the the Shazam family and of course later on DC buys them and then you have another issue coming out in in 1973 once they require the full rights of Black Adam and everyone else then they give him the backstory the wizard uh Billy Batson you know all the whole mythology of the wizard giving the power to Shazam and then Black Adam in Egypt was before that's how he got his his powers and interesting enough we see something similar with uh, the wizard and in in the new 52 which is like the more the modern retelling there's a scene where shazam actually he's oh i'm sorry black adam he's actually there with his nephew so he doesn't have the kid he's with his nephew and they're both trying to take out uh, the bad pharaoh but black adam wants the power so they both say uh, they're gonna say shazam at the same time but right before he does Black Adam kills his own nephew and sacrificing him to save Egypt. And he says it as in much in later on when him and Shazam, he says something about like, well, you know, I killed my own nephew, so I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And I thought that was like um, a little nod to um, the opposite of what happens. We find out that the statue, there's a statue that has and everyone thinks the rock is that one, the champion. I mean, Black Adam is the champion, but it, it really, it was his son his son in the earlier scene was the one who had the Black Adam powers. And he sacrificed that to save his dad, Black Adam, and ends up getting killed. But there's like a little uh, nod to that where they're both in embrace. But in, And when they both say Shazam together, this time it's a good outcome where uh, the Rock... Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to call him the Rock because I can't stop calling him. So when Black Adam gets his power and his son dies and that's when he goes off on a rampage so you see that whole story so again i really love the flashback scenes um really love the egyptian style the the costume design all i thought it was very excellent the whole design was really cool and i, I loved it one of the cool scenes i like is where sabak actually rises like this this red demon character that comes out resurrects ishmael and Sabak sits on the throne, unleashes all like the the ghouls from hell or whatever. And so the whole city's fighting, and you have uh, Black Adam, Tenth uh, Adam, escapes from the the prison water with the help of Doctor Fate, and he says the word Shazam, and then he becomes Black Adam, and he goes and he helps him. He helps him fight. Uh, Doctor Fate dies, which is. Man, really horror. I was I did not want him to die again. He was one of my favorite characters. But Pierce Bronson, excellent performance. He ends up being killed. Hawkman tries to save him, and the, the vision comes true in essence, because Hawkman gets stabbed, but it's an actual projection, was taught by his friend, Dr. Fate, and they end up beating back Sabak and destroying him. And so I mean the, the the fight sequence was cool. Again, Adam Smasher, all the other guys that come in around. Um I think one of the points I wanted to touch on is also uh, there's there's a little bit of what I see almost like liberation theology kind of in here. And there's this question of justified violence, overthrowing the oppressors, overthrowing the government in power. And um, Adriana talks about this, about how when the Justice, Justice Society of America is trying to take down Black Adam, she talks about how, where were you guys? You know, we're, we're underneath this occupied territory from inner gang, and Black Adam's killing everybody with his electrical powers and, and throwing people's heads. But you know what? That's good. It's needed. 
And I kind of saw a little bit of this um, riot mentality or this overtake mentality. And I think it could be dangerous, justified violence. You know, there is just war theory. You know, Thomas Aquinas talks about this. The church has a teaching of, of just war, which makes sense. There are times when you do have to defend yourself, but every option must be looked at. Every single option must be exhausted to the limit before you can take uh, violent action. And so I would have to disagree with Adrian and the characters in the movie when they're talking about, yeah, I know it's fine just to kill all these people. I don't know if they exhausted every single option. And so I, I would disagree with the, the motive or justified violence in the term of this fictional movie. Of course, it's fake. It's not even a real Kang Darts not doesn't exist and all that. But I think um, what they were doing wouldn't be the best practice to take. You have to exhaust every last thing, and it has to be the absolute limit, and there can't be anything else you can do. So I felt there was more options. So that's something to be watch, watch out for is this whole thing that um, Jesus came to overthrow all the powers on earth and liberate everything. See, I don't think so. That's liberation theology, and I would disagree with that. Of course, we're to make the world better as we can. We're supposed to be disciples of Christ, help the poor, do all this stuff, uh, fight oppression, but in a different way, in us becoming holier and therefore having what we have giving to because you can't give what you don't have and to think we're just a social justice program i think people take that to the extreme where the church is only there for social justice the church is only there for the poor only there for the press but we're not going to teach them jesus we're just going to help them liberate themselves i very much disagree with with that kind of, of liberation theology and i saw a little bit of that in this movie but at the end, when the whole city kind of rises up and fights these skeleton ghost demons or whatever they are rising up from the city, I thought that was a pretty cool scene. Uh, all the action sequences were really good, really well done. And Black Adam, he's been teasing it the whole time about fighting with Superman. And finally, again, after after the movie ends, everything's settled. You know, they, they fight the demon. They destroy Sabak. All is good. Black Adam sits on the throne. He doesn't want it. Amanda Waller lets him go, but warns him, you know, you better not leave. You better stay there or else bigger people are going to come after him. And then we get to the final credit scene. Post-credit scene with HCAV. That's what I call him. Henry Cavill, HCAV. Superman is back. Superman, we've been waiting a long time for Henry Cavill's Superman return. He's officially back, and him and the Rock go toe-to-toe. That's, that's a lot of protein shakes. It's a lot of workouts. It's a lot of uh, bench presses and back rows in the same shot. You have Black Adam, Superman, face-to-face. I cannot wait. I cannot wait until the movie comes out. I know there's gonna, they're going to go down. And speaking of Superman... There's a rumor that Steven Spielberg and Christopher Nolan might be working on a new Superman movie. Now, it's not confirmed, but what is confirmed is that uh, Steven Spielberg, the GOAT, the greatest director of all time, I think, greatest director, and Christopher Nolan, one of my favorite directors of all time as well, did have, did have a lunch 
with the head of um, Warner Brothers Discovery and the head of the newly equipped DC movie studio. They made their, just like Marvel, now Warner Brothers. So this lunch did happen. And these guys are so busy. I don't think this is just like they happen to be like, hey, let's grab a burger. This is something that's been on their calendars to get these busy guys. You got Steven Spielberg, Christopher Nolan, and the head of Warner Brothers Discovery, David Zadlaff. I mean, what? and again, James Gunn and one of the new co-CEOs of DC Studios, Peter Safran, who again, who's his co-CEO partner is none other than James Gunn from the Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy. So those two, wow. That, to me, I think it's going to be really interesting to see the new CEOs of DC Studio, their own separate division within Warner Brothers, Peter Safran and James Gunn. Well, Peter Safran was at that meeting. So imagine those, what else could they be talking about? That can't just be a coincidence. Those four guys all together, it has to be related. I'm almost guaranteed, I'm 80% sure it's related to Superman. So, I mean, some people are saying to Superman, maybe it's something else. I don't know. But all I know is I know they're talking about a DC movie. They Those four guys are not going to be in the same area just from coincidence, having lunch. All four of those guys are busy. All those heads are huge people. It... I'm I'm excited because I cannot wait to see this Superman movie directed by Steven Spielberg, produced by Christopher Nolan. I mean, that's just the ultimate. There's there's nobody in the world that can make a Superman movie today that will surpass a Steven Spielberg-directed movie. He has it. He has the Americana. He has the Raiders of the Lost Ark. He has that E.T. He knows that Boy Scout, the American... He has all of that. Like his eye for that would be great. And I think it's time Steven Spielberg has another huge, but he's been getting awards. Again, I think he's arguably the greatest director of all time. But now it's time for him to come back and make a billion dollar movie. And I think that would be Superman 2 or Man of Steel, whatever they call it. Anyway, back to Black Adam. That in credit scene. I cannot wait for that. Like I know Black Adam is going to fight. Shazam. I know it's going to happen. I can't wait to see that either. But Superman coming out at the end of the post credit scene for Black Adam was amazing. It was great. This movie storyline, it was, you know, whatever. It's okay. It was an okay storyline. But I had so much fun in the movie theater watching this movie. And that's all I asked for is to have fun, is to enjoy the experience. And that's exactly what I did. This movie, I would, if I had to rate it, I would probably give it like a seven. I thought about maybe a six and a half or seven, but I'm going to go with this. I'm going to stick with a seven because again, it wasn't strong, but the, the fun that you're going to have in the theaters, it's going to be worth it. I think you got to see it on the big screen. Very good special effects. The rock gives us performance as the rock, the rock done it all. He's done it all. But now he's with black Adam. And I could imagine like Mr. McMahon pitching him different ideas Gosh darn it, pal. I got an idea. Black Adam. And then Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out here. He's probably getting a little bit jealous. I know he's ready to get. When is Stone Cold going to be in the DC or Marvel movie? I can imagine him coming in. Maybe I want him in the DC. That way he can fight The Rock. Just come out. But like, 
Stone Cold Steve Austin. Look, little rock, you look, Black Adam. You got your little black boots with your little black tie. Uh-uh. Stone Cold ain't done with you, not by a long shot. What? You have so like I just imagine the fight between them two. It's gonna be cool. I can't wait to see. I don't. Not, matter of fact, I don't think he would ever be in a DC movie or superhero movie. Really good movie, Black Adam. Go check it out now. I, before we do our last segment of a mem, you remember a a mem member this movie. I want to say please rate and subscribe. Let's give us a five star rating on Apple. Leave a good review, please. Go to Spotify. Subscribe on any iHeartRadio, anywhere you can get most podcasts. Please subscribe. Share us with your friends. Check say hey, check out this podcast. Maybe you'll like it. That would really help us out. I really appreciate it. But right now, let's go to the uh, new segment. It's called, seg- did you hear me? I said segment. This new segment called, hey, you remember You remember this movie? All right, so turning 10 years old this month in November. This movie was released in November 10 years ago. I can't believe it. Skyfall, the James Bond movie directed by... Sam Mendes, arguably, I think, to me at least, it's def- it may be the best Bond movie of all time. Now, I like Roger Moore, of course, Sean Connery, all of that, but this might be my favorite. You got Roger Moore people. Of course, you got Sean Connery, James Bond, Javier Bardem, one of the greatest villains very a lot of people compared it to the dark knight this is like the dark knight of james bond very good performance judy dench ralph fines of course and i mean i cannot believe this is 10 years old this movie doesn't seem that old 10 years a decade and again arguably my favorite james bond movie of all time the scene where javier javier barden takes his teeth out and takes his messed up face like that was a gross like he gets trapped he gets caught on purpose his hair the way his blonde hair the way just his whole mannerisms the way he talks one of the best bond villains of all time skyfall i I cannot believe that and again it did really good on rotten tomatoes the score has a very high score it's a 92 percent on rotten tomatoes and it did really good numbers, made a lot of, made over, joined the billion dollar club. Again, turning 10 years old this month in November, we have the directed by Robert Zemeckis, starring, of course, another GOAT, Denzel Washington, Flight, which is at a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. That was a really good film. I really, really enjoyed it. Kelly Riley, you had. Uh, John Goodman giving a good performance. John Cheetah flight about an alcoholic pilot. Like that's, that's that'll ruin anybody's day. If you're like a alcoholic pilot flying your plane while you're going to visit the family. Imagine that. Like imagine how terrifying that would be. But this drama, this was great. I really liked it. It was inspired actually loosely, loosely inspired by a real life event of Alaskan Airlines flight 261 so that's very interesting and scary at the same time but denzel can't he can do no wrong i like one of the scenes where he's in the hotel and he's trying they bring him before 
this this whole convention and investigation and he's in his hotel and there's all these liquor bottles and he resists but then later on he just goes crazy with it and he just drinks all the liquor bottles in the refrigerator it's it's um it's it's a tough movie because if you know anyone who struggles with addiction, it, it could really hit home. But Denzel Washington, <laughs> I knew was there. He's an alcoholic, and he he can sniff out any alcohol, like any scene he's in. The last movie turning ten years old this month in November is Wrecked Ralph. I cannot believe that's ten years old. It's at eighty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Very good. Made almost half a billion dollars worldwide directed by rich moore i cannot i mean this is a walt disney animation studio now usually everybody you know pixar that's the big thing but walt disney animation they had some pretty good hits of course john c Riley plays ralph sarah silverman an incredible performance jane lynch you had a lot of people coming in uh mindy killing she comes in like this is a good movie and i would say like one of the better video game movies Sonic comes out. You had a lot of cameos from my childhood in playing PlayStation, Sony games, and all that stuff like that. Of course, Mario's, the Nintendo's, and all the nostalgia. This is a very nostalgia-ridden movie, and Wreck-It Ralph was really good. It was fun. It's not my favorite of the animations by far, but it definitely is a good one, and I would say one of Disney's best, other than, of course, the Pixar just the Walt Disney animation proper. It's one of their best films. Now, if that didn't make you feel old, this will, 20 years, turning 20 years old this month in November, The Santa Claus 2. <coughs> now, I know it's almost Christmas time, so I just, the Tim Allen, now, of course, it's not the original, but man, Santa Claus 2, like, it's it's not bad. Scott Calvin, played by Tim Allen. It, it's, I mean, 56% on Rotten Tomato, but but it's not a bad movie. Like, I, I, <laughs> one of my favorite ones is, is one of the favorite scenes of the movie. It's when Tim Allen, he has to go and he has to find a, um, Mrs. Claus, he has to find a date. And <laughs> and one of the scenes, uh, it's played by, she's a huge in uh, Saturday Night Live. She comes out in there, uh, and she starts singing the the "I Feel Like Some Christmas." If you, have, if you get on YouTube and watch that "Feel Like Some Christmas," it's a it's a play off of that "Feel Like a Woman" song, and so <laughs> it's a really funny scene. So go on YouTube and check that out. Turning twenty years old this month, the twentieth anniversary of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Now this is gonna come as a shock but i have not i haven't read or seen any of the well actually you know what i think i did see part one i don't remember it though i think i did see parts of it i don't think i finished it but i've never seen sit down from start to finish a harry potter movie or read the books interesting enough (laughs) um not not bad not bad part two it's 82 percent ron tomato again i didn't see it but that's not that's a that's not a bad score at all so i don't know if it's any good but i will say this i have a little harry potter little uh interesting side note um re- recently I'm, I'm, t- I'm gonna try to have him on the show he's a really good guy very smart guy i love talking to him uh he's just a wealth of knowledge but uh, uh one of my, one of a little a new buddy that i've had 
um, we got into a little debate on Harry. Well, me and, and I think there was another lady on Harry Potter if it's dynamic or not, like if it will possess your children. And so we got in a very, let's say, passionate debate. I was on the side that said we shouldn't look at the devil, uh, look for the devil in every rock and say, oh, it's the devil. Oh, it's, no, that's the devil. And they were like adamant that very passionate about Harry Potter will send people to hell or possess them. And I was on the side, I was on Trent Horn's side and a bunch of other people that I respect theologians and and good priests and even exorcist priests have said uh that's probably going too far it's probably a little silly we don't want to be uh seen as as silly if it's something that's not worth it again abortion uh, marriage all that stuff i don't care what anybody says i don't care what the culture says uh, the culture could say we're wrong we're standing on truth but this i don't think this is a dogma this isn't a it you know one way or another if you don't want to let your kids read or watch Harry Potter or you yourself don't, that's fine. Uh, no big deal. I don't, I don't care. Um, but to say that, um, that you, you can't, it should be banned on all the books. I I think that's going too far. And again, maybe I I invited him on the podcast. Maybe we'll have a little debate about, you know, Harry Potter is again, I don't really know anything else about the movie. I haven't seen it, but I, I thought that was cool. It's 20 years old. Wow. Now the final one, turning 20 years old in the month of November, Friday after next. Now, uh, it's, <laughs> I mean, this is 26% of Ron Tomatoes, okay? It's not a good movie at all. It's not even a, a good movie I would recommend. But man, if I were to say that I've watched this movie many times when it came out, and two, this was, two, remember, this is 20 years old, so the movies, the last three, the last two movies, Harry Potter and Santa Claus 2, this came out in, 2002 2002 wow it's been that long friday after next this is the christmas movie in case you don't know like which one's that one this is the christmas movie of course you have uh mike epps you have ice cube and then you have the debut of when we really got to shine cat williams as money mike and (laughs) some of the lines he says how are you doesn't matter don't be sorry pro be careful and of course, we know the line, barbecue so good, make you want to slap your mama. Now, again, this is, this is a, a vulgar and a lot of bad parts in there. But again, this 20 years old. I came out 2002. Wow. That, I mean, that was a great year. All right. So we got to get out of here quickly now, quickly. We got to get out of here quickly. But again, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the a a remember you remember this movie you remember so ten years old and twenty years old anniversary again one more time let's run them down Friday after next the Santa Claus two Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets turning twenty years old this month turning ten years old this month in two thousand and twelve Skyfall Flight and Wreck It Ralph. Again, please subscribe, share. This has been Faith and Reason and Geekdom. You guys have a good day. God love you.